0: You're listening to Two Brain Radio. We make gyms profitable, getting you on track to making every day your perfect day. Every week, we'll deliver top-shelf business tactics to help improve your gym, advance your fitness career, and move you closer to wealth. Get ready to start building your bigger and better business with your coach, best-selling fitness author of Two Brain Business, Grow Your Gym, and Help First, Chris Cooper. Hey guys,
1: it's Chris, and today I'm recording from the hockey office at the Two Brain Workshop to celebrate the Caps winning the cup last night. I won't pretend that I was cheering for them, but I'm just a fan of anybody, and I'm a fan of hockey, so congrats to Ovi and the gang. Today we're going to talk about a very useful exercise that you could do for any business, and that is mapping your client's journey. When people ask questions about what kind of software should I use for email automations, and how do I set up a badge system, I want to tell them, they're starting on step five instead of step one. Step one is really you determining what process you want a client to go through, what experiences do you want them to have, how do you want them to qualify for each stage in your business. And so today we're going to write that like a story, as if the arch of the story is a client starts out by walking in your door the first time, and what happens next, and then what happens after that, and what happens after that. These decisions will determine what emails they get and when. It'll determine what badges they get and when. When do they start doing CrossFit classes? Or when do they continue with personal training? What testing or evaluation do you need and when? Which staff gets involved and when? And how do we trigger those actions? So we're going to start with the big picture today. I want you to get a whiteboard. I want you to get a piece of paper. I want you to hit pause until you have something in your hand that you can write with. Because today, we're going to write a story. Now, the story really starts, of course, when the client hears about your service for the first time, and there are several legs that have to happen in that story. The client has to decide that you can solve their problem. They also have to decide that they want to solve their problem, and they want to solve it now. But eventually, the client will come in your door for the first time. The first part of that client story that we're going to write today is what happens in that first conversation. I like data to drive decisions as many times as possible. I also want clients to tell me what they want. And so in this case, the data clearly shows that a free consultation, like a no sweat intro, keeps clients around longer, establishes you as an authority in a way that like a free trial or a free week wouldn't. And it also separates you from the big fitness group training intensity choreographed movements like orange theory, So it's very clear now that we want people to come in for some kind of consultation, more than just a tour, more than just a trial workout. This is your opportunity to establish yourself as their coach. It's also your opportunity to figure out what they want and then tell them how to get it. It seems like child's play. But the bottom line is since about 2008, many gyms have been doing a free trial or a free trial and tour instead of coaching people. We call that consultation a no-sweat intro. Other people have copied that over the years, and that's fine. But what happens in that no-sweat intro should just be a couple of big questions. What brings you in? What have you done in the past that you liked? What have you done in the past that you disliked? And what's most important to you right now? You might phrase these a little bit differently, and if you've been through our sales modules with Jeff Berlin game, you probably ask some different questions, including the why-nots. But these are really what you want to get out of people. Good salesmanship shouldn't feel like salesmanship at all. It should feel like listening and then making a prescription. In other words, coaching. There are tools that you can use at this stage. I like to use the in-body. Other people just use like a skinfold caliper. I used to use a goniometer to do a little range of motion assessment. Some people still kind of like to do like a FMS screen. I don't like to do an FMS screen because the last thing that I want to do is tell somebody you're bad at this. We think that we establish authority and expertise over people by showing them all the problems they have and then telling them, hey, we're going to fix that for you. That's not actually the case. What we're doing is we're saying you're bad at this right from the start. Now, that might have appealed to guys like you and me, problem solvers, who want to hear exactly what's wrong and then figure out how we can fix it. That is not most of our market right now. Instead, what we need to do is carry a slightly softer touch. And we want to say to them, it's you and me against the world. So the assessment type that I might do on somebody that wants to lose weight is going to be like an in-body. The assessment type that I might do on somebody with lower back pain might just be a little goniometer test because we want to point to the enemy as being the machine. And they and I are working together to overcome the machine. Just like in the story, they are the hero, I am the guide, and they're Quest Their challenge is to overcome what this machine is telling them. If we're using a functional movement screen, there is no machine. You're the machine. You're the one that's telling them you don't know how to do this overhead split squat on a 2 by 4 with a PVC over your head. And even though you don't understand why that's relevant, don't worry. I do. I'm the expert. You never want this this conversation to be confrontational. You want it to be collaborative. So in that conversation, not confrontation you're going to make a couple of recommendations based on what they want. What I like to do, my big rule of thumb when I'm doing a no sweat intro is how much can I get the client to talk? If I've got a 20 minute no sweat intro planned and the client talks 19 minutes, that's the ultimate win for me. Because if they've already made the decision to come in through the door, they're already sold on your service. They don't need to be sold. What they need is for you to not say anything to tell them they're wrong. They're looking for a reason to not join at that point. And if you give it to them, of course they won't. Now, this episode is not meant to be how to run a no sweat intro. If you're in our incubator program or even our marketing program, you're going to get a lot of instruction on how to sell. And that's awesome. The point now though is the client has made the decision to purchase. What is the first thing that happens next? This might mean that they're going to go into your on-ramp program, for example. Most gyms will have one. Most gyms will do it one-on-one instead of running a group on-ramp. Thankfully, that's a dinosaur that's in the past for most of us. So the first question that you want to answer is, if our goal is to get clients to step three, being into a CrossFit class or into a regular training program, a training habit, what does step two need to be? What do they have to know or have to experience before they can join a CrossFit class, for example? In my mind, I want every client that comes into a CrossFit class to give it their, their first shot at, at a group. I want them to be comfortable. I want them to feel like, Hey, I know how to do that. And I want them to be safe. What does it take to accomplish safety and confidence and comfort? To me, that's about six sessions. I don't need to make them proficient in the snatch. They don't have to be prepared to go to the Olympics, but they have to feel like I can do that. So maybe what they need is a hang power snatch instead of a full snatch. For example, Maybe they don't need to go 100 reps on every variation of the squat, but maybe they need to put a PVC over their head and and experience how tough an overhead squat really is a couple of times. Maybe they don't need to be crippled by a workout like I was. They probably don't need to do Murph in on-ramp, but they need to know what intensity tastes like so they're not caught off guard and embarrassed when they're brought into a class in front of strangers. So whatever your on-ramping process is, I want you to do this. I want you to start with, what do I need the client to know? How comfortable do I need them to be? And how confident do I need them to be on their first group workout? I want you to take a break and write that down now. Then, before you come back to the podcast, I want you to write down what are the steps to get there. Do I need a client to do a wall balling on-ramp? Nah. Do I need them to do a step up or a box jump? Not really. Do I need them to try a wall ball? No. Do I need them to be familiar with the basic mechanics of a deadlift? Absolutely. Do I want them to air squat? Yeah. And I want them to try a hang power clean, even if they don't ever do a full clean. Write those processes down now, starting from a blank slate. Now that we know what service the client is going to follow, we're going to get to the harder part. So the client says, yes, I want to do my on-ramp. What has to happen next? The first step is to book that first appointment, obviously. So what I want you to write down is how the client books the appointment. Do they do it on site with you? I would say so. Do they pay you while they're still on site? Or are you going to send them the link later? Hopefully they're paying while they're still right there on site with you. And then what happens next? Are they sent a gift? Do they automatically get an email? And what does the email say? Is there like an on-ramp curriculum maybe in that email? You know, are they sent a copy of What is Fitness by Greg Glassman, which is what we do? Do they get maybe a video in their email of here's what to do this weekend before you get started? Or here's how to start with nutrition? Or here's how to clean out your closet? Or here's how to make your whatever. Several of the mentors in Two Brain start a client on a journey that might be called the 50-day journey in my case, or the 100-day journey in Brian Alexander's case. And the way that we map this out goes like this. Every single day the client is involved in a conversation with the gym. As we slowly onboard them into CrossFit, they're going to get an email that explains one little change we want them to do. So the first day, it might just be an explanation of how we eat. The second day, it might be, here's a review of the squat that we did today, one-on-one. The third day, it might be, here's some mobility we want you to do with this lacrosse ball that we gave you. Okay, so we're mapping this out right now Because we're going to take another step backward or drill a little bit deeper, and we're going to say, what does the client get before they get the emails? Do they get a bottle of water with your gym name on it? Do they get entered into your system? Do they need to sign a waiver? Do they get a little lacrosse ball with your logo on it? Any of those things that have to be handled by an administrator, any of those little tasks, little bonuses, little gifts, Write those down next and then hit pause to do that. Now, this next step, this last step, is you're going to assign responsibility to somebody to carry that service out. So, if the client has signed up, somebody has to enter their credit card info and their payment. Somebody has to check to make sure that they've signed their waiver. Somebody has to book their first appointment with them. Somebody has to trigger their email automation if that's not automated, okay? And somebody has to send them their welcome package, for example. So, First, we look at what's the process to do each one of those things. Do we require a human in that seat or can we automate it? Well, they can book themselves. As soon as they pay, they can be given a calendar link. Hopefully before they left the office, you booked their first session. But after that, it's really up to them. Now we can make decisions about what kind of software do we need. Do we need booking and billing software that allows a client to book their own personal training appointments? You can see by now that these decisions have all flowed downhill from this client story that we're trying to write. So while a lot of new gyms will ask the question, should I use Zen Planner or Whatify or MindBody or PushPress first, what they really need is to map out the client journey this way, and that should lead them to the right questions to ask of their software provider. From there, we can say, which of these can we automate? So a client signs up, and they, you know, join Wattify, they sign their online waiver, check, check, check. Are we now sending them a welcome gift? And can that be automated? Is that just a welcome email? Or is it, here's a lacrosse ball and a pound of coffee with the Catalyst brand on it? Do we need a human to take that role? If we need a human to take that role, now we have to map out that process. So you'd have to say, here's our standard operating procedure for sending a bag of coffee. First, you'll get an email from our system saying, Bill Brown just joined. Second, you take a bag of coffee from this box on this shelf and you put it in a box like this that looks like a shoebox and you write a personal note to your Bill, so glad to see you as part of the Catalyst family. You put in a lacrosse ball and you ship it to Bill or you leave it on the front desk for Bill to pick up or for his trainer to pick up. Whatever process you want that to be, you write that down very specifically. Then you say, if you go to the box and there are no lacrosse balls left, You go back to the supply closet and you open up the box. And if it's the last box, then you make a note for whoever and they'll order more. You can see how process flows out of this. But arching over all of these processes, all these checklists, all these templates is the client story because that's what matters most. And we still haven't even got to their first day. And now it's the client's first day. How do you want them to be greeted? What workouts do you want them to do? This is where we start getting into the programming. As you can see, programming is part of the puzzle, but it's not the whole thing, not by any means. It's not the magic sauce. You can get on-ramp programs almost anywhere that are going to be really effective. We started by copying Nikki Violetti's 21-day on-ramp, you know, way back in like 2012. We found that to be like just crazy overkill for people. You know, people want to do CrossFit. They don't want to do on-ramp. I'm not, my gym is not called Catalyst on-ramp. These people either want to get into training, personal training, or gym or, or, or CrossFit groups, you know, they don't, they're not just there to be onboarded. So now you map out the rest of the process. When do they try a group? Uh, how much stuff are they doing at home? Which days do they get, which emails? So what you should do now is pull out a calendar or even like a spreadsheet and say on day one, the client will do this. Now, if you're in the two brain family and you're in the growth stage, you can go into the email automation section and you can see the 50 day journey. You can cut and paste my exact emails with the exact videos that I use for reference. If you're building your own, what I'd suggest is that you mix up a variety of crossfit type knowledge. Okay. If you're not a CrossFit gym, that's fine. Put in jujitsu knowledge, you know, insert whatever here. You can use videos that you create yourself. That's perfect world. Most of us don't have those yet. So you would copy and paste videos that you find from a professional source, uh, but you still want them to establish your brand. So if you are a CrossFit gym, you're in luck because HQ produces like professional videos of how to do an air squat. If you're a Jiu-Jitsu gym, you're probably going to have to make these up on your own because you don't want to put somebody else doing jujitsu into your onboarding program. You don't want to build their brand for them. So now you're going to go through and you're going to say, at what point do they try a group? Sticking with the jiu-jitsu program. If you are innovative enough and among the top 5% of jiu-jitsu gyms in the world, you've got an onboarding process. If you're like 95% of jiu-jitsu gyms in the world, your onboarding process is, welcome to Bill's jiu-jitsu, here's a gi, get on the mat. So there is an opportunity there too. I want you to go day by day. And ask yourself first, what should the client do? Second, what should the client know? Third, how should the client be rewarded? Video game manufacturers get it. They understand that we get addicted to activities when we find very early wins. So the first few levels of any video game are going to be very easy. You're going to win. You're going to slice all the fruit with your finger sword. We need to learn this with gym and exercise activities too, because that's how you build a habit. It's really important that you find some early wins. So if you join Strava today and you're biking and you bike your first five miles, you're going to get a badge. And if you climb over a hundred feet, you're going to get a badge. In other words, very, very easy wins. The badge pops up on your phone. It's really amazing. Now you don't have to develop new software hint for all the software providers that are out there to give these badges. You can do it through WordPress if you want to. Uh, There's a system called BadgeOS, and I'll link to that in the show notes. But you could also make these badges more tactile. They don't have to literally be a badge. They could be a sticker. Hey, Chris, you've been going for a full week now. Congratulations. You're officially part of the Catalyst family. Here's a Catalyst sticker to put on your truck. They could be something else. They could be the postcard. Chris, it's your one week birthday, congratulations. You know, and you've got, they get this personal note. But it could also be very simple things. It could be that, hey, Chris, you've earned your squatting badge, way to go. You know, high five from the coach. It could be that on their 100th visit, they automatically get a t-shirt. Now, Matt at Forever Fierce is really the expert at this stuff. So if you wanna ask him about a reward system, you know, just email, I think it's Matt at Forever Fierce. And he'll tell you what his ideas are because there's some pretty amazing stuff that you can do pretty inexpensively. But the bottom line is that people need to feel like they're winning. And so when you're mapping out this client story, the next thing that I want you to do is to add in, how will I reinforce their wins? So you need prizes or acknowledgements. The next step is, how do I ask a client, what do you want next? So the two brain mentors who are using the journey model, like the 100 day journey, the 50 day journey, They've already got planned in, here's my next appointment with the client. So for example, if I'm using the 50-day model, after they've been through our on-ramp program, which you can see in our modules, after they've been through trying a group class, doing a couple of workouts on their own, doing a couple of walks or jogs outside, and doing their workouts with a trainer, they're going to book a goal review. So now they're going to come back into the office, I'm gonna say, are you happy with your progress so far? I'm probably going to preface that with, what are your bright spots? Then I'm going to say, you know, are you satisfied with your progress? If they say yes, I'm going to say, I am so proud of you. You've done an amazing job. Congratulations. I'd love to tell your story and I'd love to share it on the internet where people are famous. So I'll pull out my phone. I'll say, tell me your story. What, what brought you to Catalyst? And let them just talk. Then I'll share that, of course. The next question I'm going to say is, are you ready to make a decision between group training and training one-on-one with me? And I'm going to let them choose which path they should go. Then I'll say, well, based on your progress here, I think you should exercise X amount of times per week. And I think that your nutrition plan should be Y. So that means now I am prescribing them a path forward. I'm still giving them a little bit of choice. Like, do you want to do this one-on-one with me or do you want to do this in a group? But the bottom line is that it's my job as their coach to tell them exactly what to do. It's not to say, how often do you want to come? Oh, you want to come unlimited times? It's not up to me to say, what can you afford? Three times a week? Okay. My job is to say, here is exactly what you need to do to solve your problems. People are shy about this. But when you realize it's your duty, that that's why this person is coming to you, it gets a lot easier. And of course, you got to practice. If they say by any chance, no, I'm, I'm not happy with the results that I've got, that's okay because they're still listening to you and coming to you for a better solution. They're not saying, nah, I'm going to go try spin class somewhere else. Your job now is to say, okay, if I were in your shoes, here's what I would do next. I would stick with personal training, but I would do the zone diet. So here's what that plan costs. And again, It's not an upsell. There's nothing to feel greasy about here. All you're doing is telling the client what you would do as long as you care enough to tell them that. Okay. So now we've reached the point in their story where they're introspective. They're saying, am I happy with my progress? It's time for them to take on a bigger challenge. This is where we love the level method. The level method is this big, colorful, rainbow map of, of skills that shows you like, okay, you've got an orange belt in, ring, in dips right now. To be able to get to the next belt, ring dips, you're going to have to do these skills. The level method works when it's guided by a coach. And when a client can say, that's my goal, and that's my goal, and I want to get to a purple belt, then the coach can say, here's the path to get you there. If you're not asking a client about their goals, then a lot of this stuff is moot. What you're really selling is group choreography. Uh, you're hoping that people will come in and, and want to do barbell racing with you every day, you know, thruster races. Uh, and that's cool, but they're not going to want to for long. And they're probably going to want to do it either cheaper or in a more exciting, cleaner place like Orange Theory. So we get back to this goal review. We make them a new prescription. We set another appointment for a further date. Now your job is to say, how do we reward the client? What are we rewarding them based on? Is it attendance? Is it PRs? Is it performance in these baseline WADs that very few people do anymore? What is it? How do we acknowledge them? And you want to start setting up a reward system. You can think of this again as badges or like levels up. So, level method solves this for a lot of people because when you reach that orange belt, The app spits out a certificate for you and they take a picture with the certificate and you tag them on Instagram and it's, you know, here's Bill Murray. He's up to orange now. Woo. Awesome. Bill's friends don't know what achieving the orange level or the level method or even CrossFit is, but they do know that he's famous because he's on the internet and he's holding a plaque. Bill knows I've achieved something here and he's got this, you know, maybe framed or unframed certificate. So you need to set up kind of a rewards program. The next thing that you need to do is ask yourself, what will this client be doing at the one year mark? Will it be enough for them to continue with my regular programming? Will they have specific goals? Will they move toward competition? Or will none of that really be attractive to them? And if not, then it's up to you to set some new goal that will be attractive to them. Maybe they don't want to do a CrossFit competition. That's cool, very few people do anymore. But maybe they want to do a Tough mutter. Maybe they want to ride their bike for 100K. Maybe they want to run their first 5K. And it's really important for them to see these higher level goals coming down the line so that they know exactly what's coming next. Having those goals is motivating. Knowing the steps to get to those goals is a lot more motivating. So for example, Hansel and Gretel, they're trying to find a house in the woods. Finding the breadcrumb trail that led them to the house was even more exciting. When we did the founder farmer tinker thief test on about 300 gym owners and coaches last weekend, the best feedback that I got and we heard it over and over and over again was I'm really motivated to get to the tinker phase now and I can see the three steps that I need to do to get there. Before, it was less clear. We were telling people, yeah, we want you to have a 33% profit margin. We want you to have time freedom to go to Disneyland on a whim whenever you want to. And that was cool, but the picture wasn't clear. Now that they know exactly what the next stage is and they can work backward, they can see those steps and they're super motivated to go and get it. So the point of mapping out this whole client journey for you is to say, what does the client want? Where do they need to get? What service do I have to deliver to get them there? But that's only the top level. That's only skin deep. Beneath that, you have to write, what process do we want them to go through? what do we want them to learn? What action do we want them to take? What do we want them to do when they're not in the gym? And then you write, what action do we have to take on our end? That's when you start making software decisions, writing SOPs, writing staff contracts, putting staff in the right roles, determining what to pay your staff, determining what kind of agreements you need and what kind of packages you need for your client. Then from there you say, what can I automate? And finally, you say, how do I optimize this? What are the best gyms in the world doing? That's where it helps to have a community of tip of the spear gyms, which is what we've done in Tubrain. That's where it helps to have a lot of data around what are the actual best practices. And that's where it helps to have the experience of people who have done it before you. Mapping out your client journey will solve a lot of your other questions. Instead of starting from the bottom and trying to work your way up, start from the top down. What kind of experience do you want your clients to have? What services do you have to have to deliver that experience, and how do you want those services delivered? That's the client roadmap. That's the client journey. Enjoy your week. This episode is brought to you by Insight Tax. Insight Tax is founded by John Briggs, a crossfitter, a great big tall guy with a fantastic sense of humor, and John is like a coach for your books. These guys are not just pencil-pushing number crunchers. These guys will actually help you get toward your perfect day. If you're a member of our growth stage part of the mentoring program, you're familiar with John's videos on 1099 versus W-2 contractors. See, John used to work for the IRS. He's seen the other side of labor law, and he knows exactly where the line is drawn. Don't believe everything you read. But on the tax side, John can actually help you plan to take home more money every year and save more money on taxes because John is a certified profit-first accountant. If you've listened to this podcast before, you know that I'm a big fan of Mike Michalowicz's Profit First system. And John at Insight Tax and his staff can help you plan backward from profit to get to where you need to go. It's helped members of the Two Brain family buy houses in the first year that they've implemented Profit First. It's helped people save more money, take home more money, and make the business do what it's supposed to do, which is pay you.
0: Phoebe, welcome to Two Brain Stories. How are you?
2: Good. Thank you.
0: And I'm pronouncing that correctly, right?
2: Yeah. Good job. Okay.
0: Just got to be sure. So I want to welcome everybody to uh, Two Brain Stories. We're going to be talking to <laughs> Phoebe Frost, who is out in Australia at CrossFit Long Haul. So give me a little bit of background about you, and then uh, let's <laughs> get into a little bit of your story.
2: Background without too much background. I don't know. The gym's been open for about a year, so we just had our one-year anniversary on the week. Congrats. Otherwise, that's awesome. Yeah. It was super fun. Um and yeah, it's good to have made it a year and everything's still looking good. <laughs> haven't um, burnt anything down yet. Yeah, I've been a PT for like seven years or something now. So pretty much like got out of high school and went straight into the fitness industry, really. So it's just been my life for a while now.
0: <laughs> Excellent. So uh, let's talk about you starting out. So you getting into the business, into owning a CrossFit gym out there and then going going into, into depth into that.
2: Yeah, I mean, I... Like I finished school and I was always really good at school stuff. Like I always had really good grades and my parents really wanted me to go to university and my grandma wanted me to be a doctor and all these kind of fancy things. Um, And I just was never really interested. I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I just was super over school and didn't want to. So I kind of just worked and fluffed around for a year or so and... Then like it was time to go to uni and I just ended up going, but I didn't really ever get it. I liked being there because I really liked learning, but I didn't really mm. know what I was going to do with it. So yeah, I ended up quitting and studying to be a personal trainer, which was pretty random for me. Like my whole family was like, really, Phoebe? She just eats cakes and sits around like, she's becoming a PT?" So yeah, I kind of ended up going down that path and actually really loved, being a PC, it took me like you know a good year of groundwork to build everything up, and realise that that was really—I don't think I realized at the time that that's what I was into. But I really loved the business side of things, you know, all the freedom that I had. Like I would work like 20 hours a week and have whatever days off I wanted, and just you know, hang out with cool clients and train them and that kind of thing. It was just like a dream job, especially when I was 18. That seemed super cool. And then one day I was kind of like. You know, I really liked it and thought it was awesome, but maybe it wasn't what I wanted to do forever. So I ended up going back to uni for a second time. And then that was about the same time that I started CrossFit and totally fell in love with that, like, all over again and was like, no, I could do this forever and <laughs> quit <With> uni again. <laughs> Much to my parents' disgust. But <laughs> I'm just racking up bills that I've got to pay later, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, so I ended up, like, yeah, stumbling into CrossFit a little bit. One of the other trainers that I worked with at like the Globo Gym that we were at, he was starting to get into it, and we were quite close. So, sort of followed him to that gym that he was going to, and then eventually he started his own thing, like within the Globo Gym. We affiliated and everything, um, and I got to start coaching there, and that was super fun. And then yeah, it was like, oh, I can do this forever. This is like best job ever. I'll happily just stick this out and see what happens. Yeah, so that was like a pretty cool start to CrossFit and those were like the glory days, you know, when it's like your first year and you PB everything and CrossFit's your whole life and you train like eight hours a day. <laughs> so <fantastic>. Very true. <laughs> <laughs> Just normal people again. Yeah. <laughs> um Yeah, so from there, like we had that affiliate for about a year inside of our Globo Gym, which was like like it was super cool, but we were always like, oh, we want to be like a real CrossFit gym, like out on our own somewhere else. And that was kind of always his dream as well. But he was like, probably like many two brain pre pre two brain guys that I've met that run CrossFit gyms, like loves the stuff and is super passionate about it. Like terribly disorganized and awful at like running a business. Um, so. Slowly, that kind of, like, went downhill a little bit and we actually ended up – he ended up getting a job somewhere else to basically, like, run the affiliate but not have to do all background stuff. So I think that was, like, a dream for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we were kind of left and we didn't know what to do. We didn't end on, like, great terms, so we didn't really want to follow him. But there was, like, me and a bunch of kind of my clients that had fallen into CrossFit and then just a bunch of people that were in that area that – like, loved CrossFit, but didn't want to go all the way where he was now as well. So then, like, a bunch of those guys that were, like, really close friends of mine, and they were looking for a new CrossFit gym, they were like, oh, we found um, CrossFit Frantic, which is just down the road from where we were currently. CrossFit Frantic mm-hmm. is now in Two Brain as well. <laughs> 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 um which is cool. And they, yeah, like as soon as I heard that, they were like, yeah, we're going to go down to Prospect Frantic and try out. And I was like, shit, I got to get a job at this new CrossFit Frantic place because I was freaking out that I was going to have to go back to this like boring Globo gym life all by myself. So yeah, I emailed Sean, the guy that owns the place. And I'd actually just met him like a few, maybe a month or two before at a gymnastics course. And like, I'd never really been, well, I had been to like, bigger props gyms before but I'd never really like worked in them so when we went to that he had about three or four coaches there I think and I was like oh wow well, that's so many coaches <laughs> he's not going to need any more people but I emailed anyway and was like I want this job like you know if you've got anything available let me know and he kind of emailed me back because like uh, once you like if you know the guy you would probably know the kind of questions he would send back but he sent back like these really deep questions that it was obviously trying to find out if I was a bit committed, and he obviously <laughs> underestimated who he was talking to. And I sent him back like these essays of all my thoughts and feelings. <laughs> and he was like, Whoa, like, okay, this shit's serious." So yeah, I slowly ended up weaseling my way in there, and ended up being yeah, kind of like one of the head coaches over there for a good couple of years. And that was kind of the start of it because I like worked there for a little while, and it was awesome. And I just wanted out of that Globo Gym scene, so I ended up taking basically all of my clients from the Globo Gym and moving down completely to Fit Frantic and running all my PT out of there as well and doing kind of, I guess, what we call entrepreneurship here, Mm -hmm. but we never knew that's what it was. (laughs) I just thought I was like, you know, trying to make some money and Um, make a living out of CrossFit coaching because it's hard otherwise. Like I didn't really know what else people would do. But for me, I was always like, you know, I coach classes because it's fun, but I had to do PT and stuff to really make money. So I kind of already had that idea all the way back then, which was quite cool. Especially coming into opening the gym, I was like already realized that that's what I needed to do for my coaches and stuff to be able to keep them around. So then, yeah, I was there for a couple of years. And like during that time, I kind of started to think that, one day I wanted to open my own gym, but I was really like living the dream. I'm such a lazy person. <laughs> I love like okay. setting my life up and everything being wonderful, and then having like, tons of free time and doing nothing. <laughs> so, like during that time, it was like I was probably traveling like three or four months of the year, and I was like weekends off and whatever nights off I wanted, and everything was super crazy. So you know, I was really like had to self talk and figure out when I was ready to give all that up to go back into the, the groundwork of setting up a gym and everything. But we got there eventually, a couple of years later. And yeah, it's been really good like moving out. We actually moved really quite close to CrossFit Frantic, which was a little bit daunting, like a new big picture that like, you know, it's not that close. There's other gyms in our city that there's like 10 gyms in such a tiny radius and we're still like 10 minutes away. And We're really Mm -hmm. big suburbs and there's plenty of space for both of us, but I was a little bit terrified to tell Sean because obviously he'd been so good to me and I didn't want to be like, oh, I'm just like moving next door. But um, he was really good about it and same thing. I think it took him a minute to like wrap his head around the fact that we could both be there and we'll make it happen and he was like super supportive the whole time which was I think I was probably really lucky about, but yeah, we always had a really good relationship and I was lucky to leave on good terms because I don't think that happens to everybody. Um, no, it doesn't
0: it doesn't cool. and it's
2: so,
0: it's nice having having uh, another gym be that way, especially so close to you because everyone yeah. looks at the market as we're the market is the piece is, is the pie and I got to get the biggest portion of it. but he recognized that hey no, you being here is just going to grow our pie. So we're yeah. both going to benefit from having multiple gyms in in the marketplace of not only advertising but building on top of it. So that's awesome to have that. So what yes. so basically after after you you made that choice and you opened up the uh, the your affiliate currently you went from I mean ground I mean day 1 and now we are 365 days out already
2: mm-hmm. um and over
0: now actually. What was that journey like? Tell me about that.
2: It's been like, a lot of people tell me all the time that I have, like, a really good mindset about things and I look at things always in very positive light. But, like, I want to say it really wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be. Like, it, there's certainly been, like, days and even months where it's been, like, rocky and that kind of thing. But it's always been – there's never been anything that bad. There's never been any days where I'm, like, you know, can't fucking do this or – you know, I've got to shut the gym or let's get out of this. This is a terrible decision. It's always been, like, I think pretty consistently upwards, not just in, like, memberships and stuff like that. I mean, that's the thing that makes you feel safe when the sales are going up. But otherwise, like, whenever that hasn't been going up, there's always been – I've always really looked around for other things that are going super well. Like, I just notice, you know, maybe when our memberships are down a little bit, that's when our culture is, like, the closest everybody's really – like hanging out a lot and we've got more time for every single person and stuff like that and then I feel really good about that part which kind of motivates me for the next part and that sort of thing so yeah it's been um like a really fast year it came around really quickly but yeah we've done really well I think in growing at a really steady rate like I was always really conscious of that, like not that it's so easy to get 10 million sales and they were just pouring through the door or anything, but I never wanted to be, you know, I didn't want these big influxes of people that were going to throw everyone off. And it was always really important to me to know every single person that walks through our door. And if I don't know them really well, like the other coaches need to know them really well. And we've done a good job of retention and that sort of thing. But it's just so different. I mean, I came in obviously with a lot of Business and client skills from PT, but it's just like a whole different ballgame. Like so many more people and staff and everything else to worry about as well. But yeah, on the most part, it's been a really good year, and especially glad that I've had Two Brain to back me up through everything.
0: Excellent. Did and did you actually start with Two Brain prior to opening the doors there, or did you jump onto Two Brain after after you opened everything?
2: Uh huh. It was really early after I'd opened, but, like, that's probably a good story to share. I had um, a lot of trouble getting finance to start the gym. Like, I didn't mm-hmm. need to borrow that much money, and I had, like, you know like seven years of successful PT business behind me. I didn't think it was going to be as hard as it turned out to be, um, and I pretty much just got rejected by, like, every bank and every, <laughs> anything that was going to help me, and I was starting to freak out because I'd really, like, was getting to that point where... You know, I was seeing buildings that I wanted and things like that, and I just wanted stuff to happen. Um, I kind of waited so long that then once I'd made the decision, I just, like, wanted to get into it and start making stuff happen. So I ended up reaching out to an old client of mine that had always been really interested in that very first gym that I was at. He always wanted to be the guy that, like, invested and got us out of that global gym. So – and that never really happened. So, like, I just – messaged him and was kind of like you know I'm having a bit of trouble getting finance. like do you have any ideas just to throw it at him and see what he thought and I was hoping that we might go down a loan path like he really wanted to partner up and that sort of thing and in the beginning I was pretty keen on the idea because he was like a really good dude from what I knew mm-hmm. and everything like that but then as we started to get into the nitty-gritty of it like his lawyers were sending stuff and well, my lawyers were, like, you know, being like, this dude is not writing down the shit that he is saying from his mouth, like, it's not adding up the same way. Um, and it was really hard to deal with because I did know him so personally and, like, we were good friends and we had so many meetings where I would be, like, my lawyer would be, like, you know, this is not good, like, this is not what you want, like, he's not written down what you guys talked about. And then we would have a meeting and I would be, like, look, like, we're not doing this, I can't. Go down that road, that's not what I want to do, blah, blah, blah. And then he would be like, No, no, like we we'll do it your way and would make me feel comfortable again and then he would send me the next thing and the lawyer would be like, That's still not what it says. Like, you can't sign that. So like it was a lot of back and forth and we actually got really like it was probably dumb, but it was we really panicked. Like he he would just take a really long time to process anything and that was the thing that was driving me the most crazy because I was so like organized and you know, a bit of a control freak and I wanted to do yeah. everything myself and be able to do it on the right time, things like that. So it was like, I think it took us like three months to get the contracts in writing. And during that three months, like because we thought it was, would have been done so long earlier, he'd actually given us the money. It was in the gym Bank account. We had started buying shit. We'd signed a lease. Like everything was happening on this money that he had um, put in. And then... Yeah, basically, by the time he sent the contract in and stuff, like, we were just like, no, we can't do this, we need to get out, and then had basically, like, a month, try and find money that we couldn't find in six months before to be able to get back out of the partnership because I just didn't, like, I never felt like I need, I never needed a partner. I knew I was confident in myself and all that sort of stuff, so really what he was bringing to the table was, like, he was going to put the money in and stuff, and then apparently he was going to mentor me, but... Like, he wouldn't even answer my emails within, like, two weeks, you know. So I was like, this guy's not going to help me. I'll do everything in my own time before that even even replies. So that was kind of the conversation I had with myself. I was like, what do you want out of this partnership, outside of the money? Because you can find the money somewhere. Like, that's not a good enough reason to Mm go into a partnership. Really, the only other thing was, like, mentorship. He was, like, a big business guy, and I wanted to know what he knew, but I wanted someone that was going to answer me (laughs) help me and be there yeah. when I needed it. So I had kind of heard of Two Brain a little bit before that, but I was like, right, if that's the thing that makes the difference to you, whatever money you round up, like you have to put that three grand or whatever into Two Brain, like commit, because that's the only thing that like is making you not want to let go of this. So it has mm-hmm. to get the mentorship and then you've got no reason not to let go. So we did and we, like yeah, I signed up for Two Brain, which has really definitely made me feel a lot more comfortable about everything at that point, and really started getting my shit together early on. And just had to like hustle hard to get the money together with a lot of um, dodgy loans and credit cards and families. And my boyfriend's got a big debt now that <laughs> keeps us pretty together. <laughs>
0: so, so it was yeah, it was we, it we we was really it. getting getting that loan or ba- basically getting that mentorship is really what you were looking for. Um, not only the loan from having the, the financial backing for, for the gym to start out, but really to have that, that background of having a mentor to help walk you through the steps and, and guide you basically to make sure that you were going to be successful or yeah, at least give you the sure. best outcome um, or odds for success.
2: Yeah, exactly. And I was so like, I'm very confident in myself and I wanted to do everything my way, but I needed Well, I wanted to have someone else, like, I'm happy to listen to that feedback and that sort of thing. I wanted to have someone slightly more outside that was going to tell me, like, when I'm doing the right thing or when I'm making dumb mistakes and that kind of thing. But he would have been way too close, I think, to be able to make decisions in there, which I wouldn't have liked. Yeah.
0: He would have have had a, a financial bias to that, so. I think, uh, yep. Phoebe, that's a perfect place for us to stop. I appreciate you jumping on here and jumping onto the the Brain stories. I'm sorry I don't get to meet you in person here at the summit this year, but hopefully next year I'll be able to meet you in person. Um, I appreciate you jumping on here and, and sharing your story and, and just going through those steps because you got to remember you're not the only person that has gone through this, and there's other people that are jumping into the True Brain family that are literally going through the same stuff right now. Um, yeah. So I really appreciate you being able to share your story. I know it's not always easy. Um, but it shows that when, you, when you're when you determined as you were, that you're going to find your way to not only mentorship, but to a successful gym, you've done it.
2: Yeah, Thank you. So great yes. job.
0: Great job. So uh, if you got any questions uh, for Phoebe, definitely write them below. Comment below on this video. If not, uh, we'll see you guys all at the summit if you can make it. We'll see you guys later. Thanks, Phoebe. Bye.